Hi, welcome to Almost Cooperstown. I'm Mark. And this is Gordon. And we love talking about baseball. Utility players are just such an interesting discussion to have with baseball because, in a sense, it's an inherently kind of insulting thing to designate a player, in a way. Because the idea with the utility guy is just like, oh, you're a utility guy because you're not good enough to just play at any one position. Let's let's start with this premise, okay? So we this is an almost Cooperstown blog, and we talk about I mean a podcast, and we talk about you know players that are on the precipice. Are there any in your mind utility players who are either in the Hall of Fame or belong in the Hall of Fame? See, I guess this is where it's difficult because you'd almost say like a, a guy you would say would in some ways classify as a utility player that's in the Hall of Fame, Craig Biggio. Won a played catcher, second base, outfield. Won won a Gold Glove at both second base and in out in the outfield. But nobody would ever say Craig Biggio is a utility player. He was a versatile player. He was a versatile and an impressive versatile player. Right, being a catcher, a second baseman, an outfielder. Yeah, wow. up the middle. Only thing he didn't do was pitch. But <laughs> you would never call Craig Biggio a right. utility player. Right. So th- there's something inherently lesser. I feel like by getting designated a utility player, like. Right, and I think I think you you made a point off air that I think is is really a really good one, and that is a utility player is most likely somebody that plays multiple positions within the same season right. on a team, which is which is a big difference between how a lot of guys get used because you have some guys like I, I remember Daniel Murphy with the Mets. He played second base, he played first base. I think he even played some outfield at one point. He did, he did. but he was never really swapping around that much during a season. I like, think early in his career, he 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 played multiple positions, but the, actually he was best for the Mets. At third, I mean, at first, but it wasn't best for the team that he played first. They, no, no, they yeah, tried he, to find another place for him to yeah, play. The issue was Murphy wasn't getting moved around because of his defensive versatility. <laughs> he was getting moved around because of how offensive his defensive was. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> where can we hide this guy? Yeah, exactly. So I think you run into the problem with a lot of utility guys like that, where it's difficult to really say that any of them would be in the Hall of Fame because if you were good enough to be in the Hall of Fame, you probably would have mostly stuck to one position for your team. Yeah, and if, and and in case we'll just, just staying on Murphy a second, and I remember he was fairly competent at first base, but he was more valuable to the team as a really good hitting second baseman. Because the problem that you ran into was uh, until he had that breakout twenty fifteen postseason, where all of a sudden he learned to hit for power, and he was doing a lot of his moving around before that. You really couldn't have a like, well, teams who weren't going to tolerate a first baseman that played subpar to maybe acceptable yeah, defense, yeah, good, good enough defense, who would hit three twenty. But he'd hit nine home runs. Right, right. You, you couldn't have that. Right, right. If he was going to do that, he needed to be J.T. Snow and play gold glove first base defense. And then you can hit only nine home runs. And, and to his credit, Murphy worked hard to become uh, as competent a second baseman as he could be turning the double play. And, and I rem- the, Mur- the thing with Murph that was frustrating was he actually had it in him to make incredible plays. But then he would also had it in him to make incredibly horrific plays where you'd be like, how did you mess that up? I had a little John Starks in him out yeah. there for sure. Um, so, yeah, it, 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 it's definitely the kind of thing we think about a utility player in, in, in this season. Um, the Red Sox picked up uh, Enrique, Kike Hernandez, mm-hmm. um, and who before, I think, was thought of as a utility player on the Dodgers, at least in my mind. He was a guy who didn't necessarily play every day. 
Um, but when he did play, he was effective. If he played too much, maybe you would start to see that he wasn't as And as I think that's kind of where it comes in with a lot of, like, especially what we would consider true utility men, mm. not guys that had versatility. Like Ben Zobrist with the Cubs, he was the kind of guy that he had versatility, so they could use him in a lot of different ways, but his role was pretty consistent within the team year to year, like within the context of that single season. Whereas with a guy like Kike, his value was he, you were going to be able to kind of plug him in wherever you needed him on the field, and he was going to provide you a guy that was better than a standard zero war player, but he probably wasn't going to be as good as whoever your regular starter would have been in that position. And, and it seems, you know, because he was in the Dodgers last year and they're the world champions, it seems that that the Dodgers sort of seek this kind of playing uh, player out in a guy like Chris Taylor, who in a sense is now he's playing almost exclusively outfield, but does play second base mm-hmm. Uh for them and and Cody Bellinger has won you know I don't know if he's won Gold Gloves but he's he plays outfield and then he played first base and so he he does two it's not like he's playing DH right and let's let's get that straight for a second like being a DH and you a don't, position you don't. player that doesn't count as being utility player okay so now I have I, I I we we have not talked about this but I just thought of something. Does Otani count as a utility player? No. no. <laughs> he's playing he's a, outfield and he's pitching. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, he obviously does it because he's just he's actually the first real true two-way player. Right, right. In a sense, right. in a long time. Right, right, right. Because right. there used to be two-way players, but not – like this is different. So – but right there, even though he is being used in multiple different ways that provides a lot of utility, you would never classify Otani as a utility no, player. No, I'd say he's one heck of a versatile player. Right, and right. I think that's the... I think that's, that's the better word. That's the better word for guys that like... And that's generally going to be the distinction between the upper echelon utility right. guys and true utility men. Like, who was the utility guy for the Mets that they had? Joe McEwing. Yep. Super Joe. Super Joe. Super Joe. Joe McEwing could play pretty much wherever they needed him on the field. I think he even caught one. He was, no, he was the – I, I checked this out. He played every position on the field, not necessarily for the Mets, but he was the third catcher on the Mets. And when the, when the second catcher like would nick him, like one guy was out injured and the guy hurts his finger, uh-oh, McEwing's got to get the gear. And like, but he never had to go into a major league right. game and catch. But – and and yet he you know I don't know was his career average two seventy or something like that he hit well enough and could play enough positions that he was useful yes <laughs> and I think that's the and, and and when you look at World Series winning teams how many World Series winning teams really would you would say had a dedicated utility man. Yeah, that they I, utilized a lot. That's the other thing. Because teams will have guys that they consider their utility guy and then just have them on the bench the entire season. Yeah, it's, it's a good point. In the, the 69 Mets had uh, the the MVP of the World Series was a guy named Al Weiss. Okay, you've never heard of this player. Nope. Okay, uh, Al Weiss came from the White Sox to the Mets, and he was an, what you'd call an infielder. So he would back up Harrelson at shortstop. Occasionally, he'd play some second base for Boswell uh, on, on the Mets. But he was a super sub because he just didn't play enough games to be anything. So is that a utility player or just an infielder who doesn't play that much? Uh, yeah, exactly. Like, like I feel like uh, – but then again, like the, inherently, if you're going to say that's a utility player, a super sub implies they're not good enough to be starter. He hit three home – look, the guy – I didn't hit home runs at all, right? He hit three home runs in the World Series, you know. Yeah, oh, that, that, you're yeah, it happens exactly. Yeah, like, 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 and that's just you know he had the the six or seven game stretch of his life in that World Series. But here, here's what I did: is I, I I tried to come up with some criteria for what I would consider to be notable or, or mm-hmm. excellence in terms of uh, guys that were multi position players. And, and so we're saying multi position means any infield position or catcher. 
and any outfield position. DHing doesn't count because it just doesn't count. So um, an outfield, any outfield position, right? You said, yeah, yeah obviously. Yeah, yeah. So um, I tried to say, well, what if you played 160? Like, look, what should should qualify is you had to play 162 games at the position throughout your career. Throughout your career. Right. Now remember that you can start the game at shortstop. And you can move to left field. We were, we were talking that would count as right. having played both positions. We were actually talking about this because um, we were talking about a guy that came. It's also how they come up. Like you had a guy like Dale Murphy, who you were saying came up as a catcher. That's I, I just remembered that being like, oh Murphy, but I was shocked that I only he only caught eighty five games. I, I, I just I don't know why I thought it was a catcher. But then he played a thousand like eighteen hundred games in the outfield and maybe two hundred at first base. But you would never consider him a utility player. No, nor nor would I consider. I don't even remember him playing first base. Right. I just remember he he was a two time MVP in a row, by the way, um, and and was an outfielder and was a much better outfielder than I thought at the time. I think he won gold gloves in the outfield, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and he certainly wasn't a gold glove catcher, but his ability to hit a catcher is why the Braves decided he's not a catcher. Let's put him in the outfield. We want this guy to hit. We want this guy not to run down his body in you know eight years. So, so, But if you take it out to 162 games, and then this is just an, an arbitrary criteria, right, that gives us some way of measuring this stuff. Um, the guys that played four different positions – um, through their career of 162 games or more are, 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 is a real dividing line. There's lots of guys that played th- more than 162 games at three different positions. Right, and career. that can even just as much happen because you have some guy that's capable of playing like all three outfield positions. So like over the course, but of that doesn't per- count. No, that doesn't count. Oh, okay, I'm you're just counting, counting outfield. As, oh, okay, well, you play outfield, you play outfield. It doesn't right. matter if you play oh, left. Okay, so but that so yeah, to be too too parsing, too parsing. Yeah, that's fair. So so you know, Zobrist is a guy you talked about. Yeah, he okay. played He's, second, he, he did, third outfield. Guy named Rance some- Mullenix, who played for the Blue Jays among um, uh, Matzer Itsuris, a uh, guy. Jose Okendo only played for only on two. So if you take the three guys, um, it, it just meant you hung around long enough. And, and there was even some good current. Players like Matt Carpenter, right, has played more than 162 games at three different positions. But you don't think of him as a utility. Player. Martin Prado, good infielder, but he played first base late in his career, so he's a second See, baseman. Prado, a th- Prado was a guy that I would consider more of a utility. He was closer to a utility, closer. Guy. But he, I don't know that he did that in, his, in the season. Maybe no. one year he played second base a lot, and another year and late in his career he played first base. Um, so those those three, Tony Fernandez, who's got a career WAR by the way of 45.3. He's an almost guy and a, and, and a guy a lot of people forget about. Uh, played shortstop, played second base and third base in his career, and played them all very well and was a very, very good hitter. So to me, he's one of the higher-ranked guys of those played 162 at three positions or, um, uh, in mm-hmm. his career. Um, but once you cross over, um, and I'm just trying to make sure that I don't have any other. So Toby Hara is another guy. I don't know if you've ever heard of Toby I've Hara. never heard of him. Very good player. Um, career war of 51. I mean, that's pretty high. That's pretty high, right? Um, and he led the American League in games at th- uh, third base four times, but he played 162 games at three different positions. But then again, you get to some guys that are, they, you know, they played 162 games at three positions and they just sucked at all of them, well, like Juan and that, Castro. And, and we've talked about this player before because he's um, he's got the distinction uh, of, of, of as a fielder of not being a very good one. So Pedro Guerrero played for the Dodgers. Pedro Guerrero was a, was a, as a major league accomplished hitter. Okay, uh, nearly 300 home runs, 290 career average. Just the dude could rake. A little like J.D. Davis in that respect. Mm-hmm. Um, and and played third base, 100, 500 games at third. Um, uh, no, 373 at third. And he played 500 games at first base and in the outfield. 
that's pretty you know versatile yeah right when they do that except that he was not good at any of those things and and famously was and said you know when steve Sachs had his throwing issues for the dodgers i don't know if you've heard this story or not he is playing second base and steve mm. had a, he he had the throwing it and throwing it again and he couldn't he couldn't release the ball you know they asked pedro guerrero third so pedro when you're at third base what are you thinking? And he goes, oh, God, oh, God, please don't let them hit the ball to me. <laughs> he goes, and then what are you thinking after that? He goes, oh, God, oh, God, please don't let them hit it to Steve Sachs. <laughs> <laughs> and um, you know, Guerrero, just wherever they put him, they couldn't find a place. Like, so, it was like that reminded me of that story. Who was it? Like the, like the, I knew he was okay because he hasn't hit the cutoff man all year. Oh, that was, yeah, that was Winfield. Couldn't hit the bird. Yeah. Couldn't have tried to hit the bird because he didn't. That was Billy Martin with a great line. So let's, let's go to the guys that had four. Um, and diff- that immediately shrinks the list of really small dramatically. And and Met fans will, will will notice names on this list because there are let's see one three. two three guys who on this list of I don't know there are seven guys that granted one of the two of them really I would say, even all three of them really didn't spend a majority of their career with the Mets they just had stints with them. Okay, so let's start with uh, Greg Jeffries. So Greg Jeffries came up with the '88 Mets. He was supposed to be like he a was superstar. He was the right? phenom. They had they had the articles in the paper in, in Sports Illustrated of him swinging the bat underwater. His dad was teaching him how to keep it. Oh, oh, you don't you know you don't know that any of this stuff. I, I mean, I remember he was like one. He was like the first he was six a tool product or manufactured something. product. A little like Todd Marinovich was in football in terms of the Robo QB. He was the Robo baseball player. Where, where, where like it was almost just like a marketing machine put together by his father that turned him into. Dude, Dude could not. hit, Dude right? Could really hit, but he was turned into a star. He wasn't given the. They they anointed him the star. Yeah. It turns out he had a, a a very good major league career overall. Um, he played more than 162 games at four different positions, and when he came up with the Mets, he played uh, primarily second, second base. Uh, you know, and, but he played some third base. He played some outfield, and he played some first base, and up to play 162. Um, he had uh, I, I I I can't think of another player that had worse baseball instincts than Greg Jeffries. This guy never knew what to do on the baseball field other than swing the bat. He didn't know where to throw the ball. He didn't know how to run to the. He, he it was just a weird thing to see a guy. It is in- interesting that he and Marinovich both had that exact same knock against him where they had the prototypical body for their given sport and then absolutely no idea how to Just play it had no idea out there and so the Mets got but but he's one of those four guys and as is Melvin Mora so he came up with the Mets in their playoff season in 99 yep and and, and he and, was an okay player for yeah, them he, he was not and then he went to the Orioles but he was versatile at, at that time even at the time when he first came up his his value to the Mets like Kevin Mitchell's was in 1980 Kevin Mitchell played shortstop. He played outfield. He was this big guy. He could do different things on that particular team. And that's what I think makes uh, makes a utility guy very difficult because it's so team specific. Because right. like if you have if you have a stud second baseman and outfielder, then a utility guy that can play both of those positions is not nearly as valuable. So Melvin Mora played played the bulk of his career with the Orioles and, he was, and a, was a very good player. He turned into like a yeah. top level accomplished player hitter, for a few years. Accomplished hitter, competent fielder. It was that they they couldn't find a position where he could most contribute yeah, until he, he got most, to Baltimore. He played to third. I think so Baltimore too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely. He, played like third the base. thing with Mora is, I don't think people appreciate that he put together some really good seasons. Yes, yes, yes. And and he ended up hitting even for a little power when you didn't know that when he was a young player that he was going to have that kind of uh, ability to do that. I don't know if you. 
you pulling his stats up? I'm pulling his stats up right now because I, I was I was just cause like I remember him having like a couple seasons. Yeah, yeah, he had a career 28 WAR. He made the All Star team a couple times. Right, right. So this this is a a versatile player. Um, early in his career, you might have called him a utility player simply because on the on that 99 right. team he played a lot of positions. It's just the kind of thing where like in 2004, listen to he hit. 340 with 27 homers and 104 RBIs. That's a season. Right, right, right. So this is a, a, a probably an underappreciated player. Mm-hmm. Um, and as is another guy who finished his career, and then you like to tease that this guy played until he was 50. He didn't, didn't he? He, he, <laughs> he didn't. Um, but Julio Franco has a career war of 43.6 and played a lot of positions on the baseball field, and uh, none of them particularly well. Uh, okay, the other thing with Julio Franco, is he could have been 50 because we honestly had no idea how old <laughs> he was. True from where he came. Um, yeah, so uh, good, good player. Um, the Braves and the Padres had a player, I believe, Mark Loretta, mm-hmm. who, who, who also played, had four seasons where he played 162 games. Not a particularly accomplished player. But he was useful. And that's the th- and I think that's, Almost a utility player. I think that's almost what you end up having with a lot of these utility guys is that they're useful. At the end of it, that, that they're nice. To, they're a luxury. Right, right, right. Um, there are two other guys uh, that, that I, we should mention. Um, one of them, or actually three. So Tony Phillips, um, really good baseball player. I don't know if you're familiar with Tony Phillips's. Uh, not not too career, much. But, um, he played for a bunch of teams. I think most prominently the A's. Mm-hmm. Um, and he played a lot of years uh, in the major. His career war is 50.9. So this is a an accomplished baseball ball player who hit 266 for his career. Um, mm-hmm. So let's see. He played, yeah, 18 seasons uh, in the major leagues. But it's his versatility and having played multiple positions four different, you know, four different times, 162 games and more, that made him, you know, a, a really good player, like I said, primarily for the Oakland A's. Yeah, and then there was the there was Michael Young, right? He, he There's a but it's a few Michael Young, so you have to specify yeah, he which was the one. one that played for the tech, the, yeah, Rangers. the Rangers. He right. played a bunch of different positions he for them. He played a long time. Yeah. And, but had a pretty good career, um, you know. But that he did that is distinctive only because there's not that many guys. That did, and, and but he would never have classified Young as a utility player because he would mostly play the same position year, like for throughout that entire one season. Exactly. So that you you know th- that season you played second base. Maybe another season you played shortstop. Or Maybe something. one season you didn't se- go back and forth bouncing around. Right, yeah. If you're bouncing around during the season, it's probably because you're not good enough to be a regular. Or your starter. team's not very good yeah. either. <laughs> I think it's another nothing. Uh, no, a guy that I I watched play uh, as. As a kid, I never really thought much of this player. Don Money had a good name, right? He's probably the only baseball player whose last name was Money. Mm. Eddie Money being the yes, uh, I, the, the, I, I, the immediately what was good in my mind. Different uh, two tickets to paradise. We're not talking about that here. Um, and Don Money played uh, also four seasons of more than 162 games. He batted around 250. He he just was a guy who could play a lot of positions. Had a couple of really good seasons that you would consider, but. But no, nobody that's an almost guy. He's not even into that category. Yeah, no, not at all. Not even close. So there is one guy left on this list. Yeah, and and he who isn't a Hall of Famer. He isn't. He is not a Hall of Famer. Who is it? Okay, he should be a Hall of Famer. Oh, <laughs> and and it really surprised me that this player did played that many positions because you think of him as a hitter first. Um, and the reason you think of him as a hitter first is, is he has more hits than anybody who ever played. Professional and it's baseball. like you, you look at Pete Rose, played 
the thing with Rose that's impressive is the number of games he played at all of these different positions. Because a lot of these guys that are getting to these three and four marks, they would like cobble together 162 right, games right. at a position. 164. There were a few guys that had like 158s that I left off the list that might have kept right. them high. But like that's because they cobbled together over a 15, 20 year career where like, yeah, of course, you know, you have a few games here and there every season and eventually technically you put together a full season at first base. But that's not what Pete Rose did. No, no. He came up as a second baseman. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's what I remember. He came up as a second baseman. And his, his claim to fame um, was being the first $100,000 a year singles hitter in the majors league. major mm-hmm. league. He was never a home run hitter. And that was a big deal to him that he got. And the Reds finally paid him. Because that was the acknowledgement that his way of playing baseball was equally as valuable as some guy that could hit 40 home runs. So, you know, it, to talk about $100,000, it has to be around 1970 or give or take. It's pretty good. Or whatnot. Yeah, it was that was a lot of money. Then Babe Ruth got paid, I think, $80,000 dollars to play for the Yankees back in the 20s. Now you had to think about the rate of inflation. Yeah, I can't even insane. get anything like that. And so I think somebody quipped to Babe that, you know, well, you got paid more than the president. And Babe apparently snapped off, well, I had a better year than he did. <laughs> <laughs> I just, you know, love those old baseball oh, yeah, stories. That's, that's anyway, a lie. So, so Pete Rose, you know, he had 1,300 games in the outfield? Yeah. I mean, I don't, I guess, I guess. Um, I know he played lots of first base. I didn't guess he played 900 games at first base. Pretty good. You know, that's like seven seasons. Um, 600 at third base. So, yeah, 600 at second. So he was playing multiple full seasons at multiple different positions. And that's very unusual. Right, six, seven seasons at all those positions. And he won two gold gloves. Now, I, I, don't, I would think that Rose was a competent fielder at all these right. positions. Gold, unfortunately for him, his gold gloves are, you don't know how much of those were kind of like career awards. I know this was early in his career. I think he won his gold gloves in around, around 1970. Um, but I, I just would have not put him as, you know, the, the most versatile best versatile player of all time? I mean, could you make that argument or would that be Biggio to you of those two guys? Biggio it's Biggio it. or Rose. It's really the only two of them in terms of who's the most. I would say that the problem is, is I think it's difficult to say because I don't know how good a defender Rose was at all of those different positions. Uh, and, and, and competent so, would be my competent. word. Yeah. So if, I think in that way, I would say Biggio was a more versatile player because he was a plus defender at the two positions he played. Yes. Yes. Where, where like he was a good gold glove caliber. Or, Once he stopped, I mean, he, he caught at, he went to Seton hall and I think he played with Mo Vaughn at Seton hall actually. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, he, uh, was a catcher and a good college catcher. And so they thought, well, naturally he'll be a good catcher in the pros. And they quickly, for the same reasons going like, this guy's got speed. We don't want to kill him back there behind the plate. We'll have no, he was not a huge guy either. No, no, he was not a huge guy. So I think it's tough because like, I would say Biggio was more, but Rose played four positions. So it's, yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's basically, yeah. it's a toss up. I think between the two of them, because on the one hand, you've got Rose's overall greater versatility, but you also have Biggio's higher success and peaks playing multiple positions but one of them's in the hall of fame and one of them's not now but we would both say that both of them deserve to be in the oh hall yeah of fame. yeah absolutely um the last player we'll mention i'll mention is a guy who's playing now who started his career i, I didn't realize as pretty much a utility player um for the cubs 
Javier Baez. Oh, I guess, yeah, because he did float around the infield a whole bunch. He's not really ever stuck to just one, but he's, I guess he kind of, sh- he's just more of a middle infielder, because I don't know if he's ever played, like, much third or first. So, in, in he finished second in the MVP in 18, uh, hitting 290 with 34 homers, 21 steals, 111 ribbies, and 101 runs scored. That's a season. That's a good, yeah. But I thought what's more interesting is he had 104 appearances at second base that year, 65 at shortstop, and 22 at third base. That's super. That's remarkable season. Right. I think that's the kind of thing that probably doesn't get stuffed enough because that is unusual. That to he was bring a, the offense with that kind of being moved around. And he was a regular player right. at all those different positions. He was right. an everyday player and they were still moving him around regularly. That you don't see too often. Within games a lot because obviously if you add up 104, 65, and 22, you got a hell of a lot more than 162 oh, yeah. in yeah, one exactly. season. Exactly. Like, even if that counts the postseason, that wasn't the year they won the World Series in 18, right? No. They no, won, they no, won in sixteen. Yeah, uh, so it wasn't like oh they had a bunch of deep postseason run that year. Right, right, right. Exactly. So I guess um, just going back to Rose for a second, um, this guy just comes up with things about his career that, that I never really thought of him that way in terms of being possibly the most versatile player of all time. Uh, and you can argue Biggio the same thing strictly because of the positions that Biggio played: catcher, second base, and center field. Thanks for listening. Subscribe to our podcast on your favorite platform. And you can follow us on Twitter at Almost Coop.